MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for joining me. This week's episode of the SI Media Podcast will feature an interview with Scott Van Pelt, who is a friend of the show. Appreciated him coming on. We discussed the Sports Center after the NBA Finals and what went into putting those together. If you watch them, you know, Scott did a great job. Um, and they were kind of we use the phrase controlled chaos during the interview. It was fascinating to watch him handle it. And we got into some other stuff um, about doing SportsCenter, how he puts it together, the rush of doing a daily live show, whether he'd ever have LeVar Ball on his show, um, how he started this whole thing about tweeting pictures of people who look like him. And um, we also got into a few other things with Scott. So, that comes up momentarily. I have to do the plugs here and remind you that you should subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. You should rate it. You should review it. Last week, we had Greg Wyshynski on from ESPN as well, uh, and he talked about covering hockey and getting and going from sort of the, the blogs to the mainstream ESPN job he has now. So that was a good chat. So if you didn't listen to that, check it out. Um, I hate to plug upcoming podcasts, but I'm going to do that next week. We are expected to have WWE champion Seth Rollins on this podcast. There'll be another guest as well, um, but I don't want to say that one yet. So subscribe, subscribe, and subscribe. And now we go to ESPN Scott Van Pelt. All right, joining me now, always a good time when he's on, always a good conversation, ESPN Sports Center host Scott Van Pelt. Scott, how are you? I'm well, Jimmy. How are you? I'm well, too. Thanks for coming on. Fresh off a uh, big run for you at the uh, NBA Finals there, airing on ABC, and then everyone flipping over to watch you on ESPN. I know the uh, the ratings for your edition of SportsCenter have been doing very well, so congratulations on that. Yeah, we, well, thank you. We, the thing that, that, that is, we're pleased by is the, the understanding people have of sort of the clickover. I mean, when we follow Monday Night Football, and we get a big number, we're handed a gigantic rating. Right. Anyone in that slot is going to get a good number. They're following Monday Night Football. But despite the fact that Mike Breen is you know, constantly promoting that you need to click over to watch ESPN um, for the postgame, you still have to click over to ESPN to watch the postgame. And, and as you and I know, people, maybe even us, are are kind of lazy when it comes to that. So the fact yeah. that people would actually click over and the ratings did as did as well as they did during the finals is is um, we'd like to hope a testament to our approach uh, and that we're. You know, I mean, it sounds like such garbage TV uh, speak, but you, you're just trying to serve the audience that wants has an appetite for that, right? They want it, they want post game final stuff, and we're there to do it the way we do it, and and you know we're pleased that it went went, it went well on the rating front. I, the, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I, I watched a lot of those sports centers after the finals, and I was amazed at the 
what's the word I'm looking for? It was it was frantic but calm, and there were a lot of moving parts. It seemed like as a viewer, as someone who's, you know, I'm watching it from the sports media angle more than almost the content angle. But I mean, you're recapping the game. You're going to a reporter who's at the arena, maybe Doris. Then you're going to you know Brian Windhorse, and and it and it it seems almost like controlled chaos. Is that what it's like for you? Entirely. Uh, the the beauty of of the show is that you don't have an idea of how it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I guess I put it this way. It's like. You ever seen that TV show Chopped? You know, like the, yes. there's you get a basket and there's a there's a bunch of ingredients. It's a fact. By the way, it's a, it's it's a perfect television show mm-hmm. in terms of it. If you see the appetizer basket, I've said this mm-hmm. a million times. You're going to see him make dessert because it's like, well, what are they supposed to make out of you know a piece of bacon, a lifesaver, and a, a hobo's thumb, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make a bouillon base out of that. I, I don't really understand it. Right. But what I'm saying here is, in our basket at the start of the show. I know we're probably going to have some combination of our group of people, Winhorst, Nichols, Stephen A. And then during the game, we've made requests for if the Warriors win, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, um, whomever. And then you find out as you're on the air who you're getting and when you're getting them. But you don't have a rundown of when it's happening. So many times I'm finding out in my ear as I'm talking to Tim Legler, who, by the way, is phenomenal. Um, so good at breaking things down and making the viewer smarter. While we're talking to legs, they may say, okay, Curry's sitting down right now. All right, hold on, we got to go to Kerr. Um, Bob Myers is crying. I mean, <laughs> like, you don't, right. you, you don't know. And as an anchor, that can be really scary if you let it. And it can be really just, it's fine if you just tell your viewers, like, hey, look, we're going to talk to these people at some point. We're not sure when. It's fine to talk on the, I'll talk to my producer on the air. Like, is so-and-so ready? All right, well, he's not. Hold on a second. The, the, the idea that you're supposed to be presenting this very calm sort of uh, front to the viewer is unnecessary. Our viewers know that I'm an idiot. I'm just going to try my best and, you know, uh, try to get us from A to B. But I just think when you're honest with them, uh, look, we're not really sure when we're getting them, but we think we're going to. And, and then it's just, it's just kind of, I don't know. It, it it gets you get to one o'clock in the morning somehow, and um, there it's fun. It's it's really a fun show to do, in spite of the fact that it, that the the plan is really no plan. Right. Well, that, that's what I was wondering about how fun it is because I you it it was game five, I guess, where that was the Duran injury. So that episode, I remember, that show, I remember watching, and I was thinking to myself, wow, because I you had like you said, Bob Myers crying at the at the press conference, you're going to Windhorse, who I think told you the entire landscape of the NBA has changed right then and there. I think you had a player on, I think you had Curry on that night too. Um, yep. And I'm thinking to myself, it, how is Scott, you, you must, you, do you have to think of every question then right on the floor? You have no time to prep. I mean, obviously you watch the game, you're taking notes, you probably know a couple of things, but in that situation, you can't prep for all of those interviews in, in one sort of sitting. No, and 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 the thing about the th- there's yes, you're, you're exa- no, you can't plan for it, and and I'm reacting in real time to their reaction. I mean, Curry's been wonderful to us during the show. Um, he, he's he, I think he's come on more than anyone um, in the NBA that I can think of, and we, you know we benefited Jimmy in that in that during the time that our show's been on the air, um, Auburn and Clemson have been great in college football. And Golden State's been great in, in the NBA. And so as a result, guys like Dabo and Nick Saban and Steve Kerr and Draymond and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, whoever, they, they know what how our show does it. In other words, they know there's a room on site where they go. They know there's a place to sit down. It's quiet. It's out of the way. They're going to put on headphones. They're going to be able to see me. They, they have what's called net return, and that's just a TV term for basically having a television so that there's – even though we're not face-to-face, there's at least the, the ability to, to sort of feel like you're having a conversation with somebody. And those teams have all been constants throughout our, our show being on. And so when we have these big event shows, they've been really, really gracious to come by because I think you know, they, know what, they know what they're in for. But as a host, 
like I can plan for, for to do my best to lay out an, a, a, a series of questions I'm interested in finding out. But when Bob Myers cries right. five minutes before I talk to Steph, and Steph, who I've talked to a hundred times, is seemingly on the verge of tears after what wasn't just a win, Jimmy, but a remarkable season-saving win. I'm just honestly trying to figure out how to ask with sensitivity, like, I get that you're bummed, but like, there's no room in your heart for some happiness over the win you guys just had. Like, it was really, it was jarring to me yeah. how how crushed they were and and how unable they seemed to be to even address what they'd just done, which I thought was an amazing win. But I guess that should have told me, you know, that that that's how that's how upsetting it was. But it was it was it was really wild in real time. So that it. Well, let me ask you. So that show for you, and I guess all the shows after the finals, has to be some sort of adrenaline rush where you probably crash a little when it's over, or no? Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, there's look, there's a there's an adrenaline that's that's required. I mean, ours is the only business I can think of where you spend the entirety of your day waiting to do your job at midnight. Mm-hmm. And I've always equated it to landing a plane. Like at one in the morning, your, your attention span, your focus, your energy has to be as high as it can be for an hour. And you're performing to a degree. I mean, I'm not, I'm not over the top theatrical, but you're, you're meant to keep people entertained right. and, and paying attention. So at one o'clock, whether it was that show or, last night's show on ESPN two, where we're just getting a little bit goofy. There's, there's, there's a bit of an adrenaline rush where you have to come down. You have to land the plane as right. I always call it. Cause you're, you're up at a certain level and it takes a while to come down from that. But I'd be lying if I said that the shows post finals, post college football playoff, post Monday night football, where you know, there's a big audience and particularly when there are moments that are memorable, that feel significant. And you're the one that gets to talk to the people that were, in the arena, so to speak, there's definitely a, an appreciation for it. Like, yeah. I'm just grateful that we get to do those shows. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Well, the reason I asked that question is sort of to set up the next question. Cause I'm, I'm such a great host, but, um, well, there you go. There you go. So one, once we get through the NBA draft here and uh, I guess a little bit of the NBA free agency madness, we'll, we'll hit those summer doldrums where we just have sort of MLB carrying mm-hmm. us till we get to football. And I'm curious when you do the, those shows, is that an, are you still getting a rush from those shows or are those just old hat at this point and you get in there, you know how to do them. It's a good night. And then, you know, you go home and that's it. Or is being live on TV every night, no matter, obviously, like you said, finals, college football playoffs, there's going to be more of a rush regular show. Is mm-hmm. it still a rush? Yeah, but I understand the question and, it, yeah. and it's, it's valid. And to, to say, Oh no, they're all the same would be total, bullshit and right. I wouldn't lie. Right. Um, it's, it's not, it's different. Uh, and there's a reason why after free agency on the 3rd of July, I tap out and I'm gone for the, the bulk of, of the summer. I, I have Francesa hours for the summer. I was just going to um, say, is it, and, that sounds very Mike Francesa esque if you're off for the entire summer. Well, it's not, and I, I do come back at some point in August just to remind people that I'm still on the payroll, but I mean, <laughs> look, you, you, if you're planning, if you're planning, a year and you're a contracted employee and you're contracted to do X number of shows, you figure out the the time that matters the most and you figure out the time that matters the least from a viewing perspective and you plan accordingly. That's all it is. So we don't have too many shows to get to or through uh, after the finals and um, before free agency. Uh, We've got the NBA draft this week. So that, that occupies some of it, but I mean, we do, we do look at the space, um, in the in the time where we have off nights, for instance, I had Rakim on last week right. on a night where there was no Stanley Cup and no NBA Finals, and I had him on because I wanted to because I have an hour to do on television, and I'm an old school hip hop guy, and to me, he's one of the greatest of all time, and so we had Rakim on for a while. I think you we occasionally do things like that that are departures from sports, um, but I mean, if you, if you're asking me on a night where there's the college world series and there's a bunch of MLB games and you're, you're trying to replicate the sense of energy or adrenaline as okay. Kawhi Leonard's waiting in the wings. Pascal Siakam has the flag of Cameroon on his shoulders, a bottle of champagne in his hand and and ski goggles on. Well, he's sitting down in the chair. Well, no, it's just, it's not the same. 
but you know this with sports. The day you show up and think, oh, it's just a boring Wednesday is the day someone throws a perfect game or hits four home runs or something. I mean, sports right. never disappoints you. Right. So, so like, I don't ever show up and think, oh, man, this sucks. No, it's never like that. Well, sa- it's just there's degrees, to, there's levels to it. Right. Well, Saturday is the perfect example. You know, the NBA Finals and everyone thinks they're going to enjoy a, a summer Saturday and then Anthony Davis gets traded and, you know. In sports media, you yeah, don't. I was a, I was a, in sports exactly, media, I was a you family don't. Function and, and and I made the mistake of looking at my phone and I'm like, oh my god, it happened. And then I'm right. like, all right, well, don't don't be in here on your phone. It doesn't. Like, I'm not at work. I was off, so right. I managed to mostly ignore it. Other than like, wow, that happened. And and in sports media, we don't want that happening on a Saturday. That's that's brutal for us on a Saturday night to have something big like that. At least I mean, for us on the internet. We'd much rather have that, you know, during the week than on a Saturday. I don't know how you feel about it. I get it, but you know, you, but sports operate on their own clock oh, yeah. and on their own, you know, on their own schedule. That's just you can't. That's what I'm saying with with like the night you show up and think it's going to be just a uh, a garden variety day is the night that something insane happens. So yeah. that's that's you know that's the beauty of what we get to cover. So I'm I'm just curious on a, on a regular day maybe where you don't have the insanity of a game five of the NBA Finals or. A game six with the celebrations. You're doing a regular sports center, NFL season or NBA season, whatever it is, or just a regular sports center. What What is the sort of day like for you in terms of timing? Like when you get up, when you start working on the show, when you get to the, when you get to ESPN. What What's the typical day like? We We meet around five thirty, which is earlier than people might presume it is. Right. Uh, I think people may may just assume you roll in at eleven o'clock and just read what someone else wrote, <laughs> but that isn't it. I mean, I write it. Right. Um, we meet and talk about it at, at about five thirty and i'm I'm free during the day to do whatever. Um, I think the cool thing is as a, a dad late in life is I get to pick kids up from school and um, I kind of laugh it's it's Many times it's, I've said this, it's, you know, 15 moms in Lululemon Under Armour <laughs> yoga pants and um, it's me right. <laughs> and that's fine. I'm thrilled that, that I get to be present for those moments that a lot of dads that will be working during the day might miss. Um, you know, do I miss stuff at night? Yeah, there's trade-offs, but you know, you're around during the day, but I do, I do spend a lot of time, Jimmy, sitting right where I'm sitting right now talking to you, which is in my office in the house you know, in front of a computer, uh, cause I have a show tonight and you're just trying to make sure you have a line in the water. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is just what, what's out there, right. you know, you know what we're in, you're in it, I'm in it. We're in the content business. So I'm just, I'm constantly trying to make sure that I'm aware of the content that might have a home in the show. Um, could, I could do that all day, but I don't because then I'd be, there'd be no point or benefit in me being home. Um, so it's kind of a casual keeping track of what's going on. I'll write one big thing typically at some point during the day um, so that I've got something um, that part of the show in the can for when we arrive uh, for the meeting. And then we you know, do our show and we're done at one sometimes later and you drive home on Route 84 at, at mock speed with no other human beings visible <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, come home and try to land the plane and you wake up and start all over again. You know, it's funny. You've used the expression land the plane twice already. And I know you're very good friends with Chris Long, who just retired. And Chris was uh-huh. writing weekly Game of Thrones recaps for SI.com. Um, and I was his editor. The thing was my idea. So... When Chris was writing these recaps, he would always use the phrase land the plane in terms of how the show was going to end and how they were going to wrap it up. So I'm wondering if there's like a Chris Long connection with the phrase land the plane there. No, I've, <laughs> I mean, if, if so, he stole it from me, there which is go. smart because I'm really, really, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a, wordsmith. I'm a nimble wordsmith. Yep. Uh, is what I am. Um, now, Long's great, as you yeah. well know. Um, I've, I've said forever, just to me, the analogy of landing the plane just always made sense because your your energy and your adrenaline are spiked at one o'clock in the morning and you can't come home, you know, park your car in the garage, walk inside, walk upstairs and lie down. Like, that's just right. not, it doesn't work. Right. I mean, when you get home today at whatever time, like the idea that you'd be able to go to bed immediately is laughable and right. same for me. So that's just always the way I've described it. 
So you mentioned one big thing, and you've had a lot of memorable one big things, especially I feel like recently. I, I just mentioned Chris Long. I thought you had a great one about Chris's retirement and, and the relationship you guys have developed. Steph Curry, who you mentioned earlier, actually on air gave you praise for one of your one big things. Um, on average, how long does it take you to write those? How many do you sort of when you wake up in the morning have an inkling of what you want it to be or you stare at a blank screen mm -hmm. every day and you try to go from there it all depends um it's it's something i did on radio and and has really it, it transitioned really nicely to tv and um it's i like to write because i think it's the most important thing anybody does in this business i don't care if you podcast or or on radio or you're on tv your ability to take your thoughts and 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 crunch them down to something and present it in a concise manner that reflects what you really feel like it, that's a challenge it's hard and it's it's i think it's really benefits you to try to do it um so that's an exercise every day that i that i think is valuable um it's there's days when as an example monday show i was thinking maybe do gary woodland because it's like here's this guy that won the u.s open oh well you know he's only won one well we'll see if he can win more and i'm like well you know you realize that dustin johnson and justin thomas and just and justin rose and you know sergio garcia and adam scott you realize they have one major also like just try to you know to me things that that, that benefit from context and longer than 20 seconds, but, you know, I don't want to go four minutes on these things. So I was going to do that, but then I thought, no, I want to do this LaMelo ball thing because he's going pro and I got to kind of own up to my own kind of how I view him and through this prism of the circus that he's a part of. And that's not fair to the kid, blah, blah, blah. So that was how I landed on doing that mm -hmm. on Monday. You know, there's many times there's one or two things that I, that I think might be work well content i want to get in the show and i want to be able to talk about my opinion right? So, right so that's that's how that might happen the one about my daughter that was about her birthday that you mentioned that, that steph mentioned on air um which by the way was really just one of those shake your head moments i mean the guy <laughs> had just scored 33 points in the second half of the game right to, to eliminate houston and here he is on the way out thanking me for this thing i had done about my my daughter turning six you know that's that's when I started this show, Jimmy. I never dreamt that that, that, that sharing personal things would be something I would do, and right. I certainly never imagined that it'd be something that some star athlete would be thanking you for. But that's that's what has really been cool about that segment and that one about my daughter. I was again, I didn't even intend to write it, but I I think writing's beneficial. So I was feeling emotional thinking about her, and I just sort of started writing it. And as I wrote it, I thought, I want to do this. And then Stanford Steve tweeted it out, and, and a, a day there were two million whatever views of it, and this and that, and people react in a way that really reminds me that it's that it's 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 not something I would care to do every day, and 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 you shouldn't you shouldn't be personal like that every day, right. but sprinkling it in occasionally, I think has really proven to be. Uh, something that connects you to people. Um, I talked about, I shared losing my dad and that was another one that I didn't intend to do, but I just sat here and I, I felt like I wanted to write it down and I did. And then I decided I'd share it on television. And those have been among the most, I guess, shared or commented on pieces I did and they had nothing to do with sports. So I think it's, it's, um, it's been a great reminder that people, we're all just people and we connect over shared things, love and loss and hum being human beings. Sports is a great connector too, but it's also nice to, to be able to, to share how you feel about things. And so, um, I'm glad I have, uh, as I say, I mean, w when they react that way, if you were, if you were cynical, you'd think, okay, well now how can I write something about my three-year-old boy today? <laughs> well, no, that's, that isn't how it works. I'm not going to, my family shouldn't be content. I'm not going to exploit my family for content. Right. Um, but when I feel something sincerely, then I'll, I don't, I'm not afraid to share that. And, um, and I, I do think that there's been value both for me in learning that and hopefully for people in, in consuming it. And, and you, I mean, most of them are about sports. So I think like you yeah. said, that's when the ones you do that aren't about sports are more powerful. If you were out there doing that all the time, it sort of goes in one ear and out the other. Agreed. I mean, it, to me, it's it's like the old analogy, like sugar. A little, a, a sprinkle <laughs> of sugar is sweet, and a teaspoon is is make you want to throw up. Right. So I mean, you just you have to pick your spots with these things. And I mean, I, look, I have a show about sports, mm -hmm. so I'm looking for something 
every day that I feel is worthy. And, you know, if it's something off the beaten path that maybe you haven't heard every other person talk about, then, then great. And when we're in the middle of finals and you get sort of the first crack at, you know, I'm not a hot take guy, but if you want to know my opinion on say Kawhi, I'm able to, after they've won, share some thoughts on him in, in that the first couple of hours after it's happened, those you're writing on the fly. Right. You know, ten o'clock at night or whatever, and those those are more challenging just from the editing perspective. You, know, you you make it more difficult for the people behind the scenes to to create the video that kind of match the words. But mm. you know, so be it. You know, it's yeah. they're they're not the same every day, and I think that's what makes the process of doing it every day um, enjoyable. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check the backseat. Check the backseat. All right, come here. Check the back seat. Gets in your head, right? Good. Because every year, dozens of children are forgotten in the backseat of a car by a parent or caregiver. All never thought it could happen to them. But with changes in routines, distractions, or a sleeping child, it can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get it in your head. Check the back seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I have to ask you one tough question. I got a, I got a few topics here Please. that I want to touch on. But I'm going to ask you one tough one based off of the nonsense that took place yesterday. Would you have LeVar Ball on your show? I've made it a point not to talk about him. Uh, I don't know why I would. Um, I, I don't know what the, the reason would be to do it, particularly because I think I understand the, I understand the game. And, well, that's and, the, yeah. and I, it does, it doesn't interest me is what it really boils down to Jimmy. And right. it's not, it's, I, I, you know, I've seen what, he does and you know it's uh, it's i just it doesn't interest me yeah. so i don't know what to say like no i wouldn't well i i to talk in absolutes doesn't really benefit you because who knows maybe uh, if, if there was a reason to but i don't know what that reason would be and and the reason isn't going to be for me to give him a mic and let him talk about how his son's going to be the greatest that ever was and his oldest son is it's a mistake and the lakers will never win it's like I, that kind of stuff is i think yeah. it, it's pretty obvious what it is right. and i've said from the start it doesn't interest me and since i'm in charge of my show you know then yeah. i'd pass on that yeah i mean i think the reasons for having him on are pretty obvious it's so things can happen like yesterday but I don't want you to. Get I guess, that. and if that's <laughs> what you want to do, that yeah. that's what you want to do on your show, then go right ahead. But right. I, I doesn't it doesn't interest me in for my show, so so I choose not to. God bless you. All right, let's go to something much lighter. What what is this nonsense now with the ESPYS? You've never been invited to an ESPYS. <laughs> One, how is that possible? Two, now that it's like a thing that you've never been invited, and they still don't invite you. What yeah. is, what is going on exactly? I'll never go. I'll never go. Um, <laughs> what if they asked you to host? No, I'm not going. I'm not. <laughs> I've told. I've told them. Now, listen, I've told them I'm not going. I. You know what's funny? The first year I I ever worked at ESPN, I went, but I I was a guest of a guy named like 
this is so pretentious. I went at Tiger said, Hey, the ESPYs are in Vegas. Do you want to go? And I'm like, well, sure. He's like, well, come. And he, I used some of his tickets. Like just, I used a ticket. It was just me. And I went cause it was Vegas. And <laughs> so my first year I'm there as a guest of the guy that won like every ESPY cause he was pretty good in 2000. Yeah. Um, and that was the first year I worked at ESPN and I've never been asked by the company to go in any capacity and Rosillo, at this point, if he were on the other line, would be saying, yeah, 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 but tell him why. Well, I would be covering the uh, Open Championship when we had it, or I'm on vacation or whatever. And all that's true. But now it's just fun for me to bitch about it right. and just make a big stink about how I've never been invited. And um, I think some, someone like from the big league tried to turn it into a thing. And I'm like, no, 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 this is just a running joke. Right. And it, doesn't, it doesn't trouble me. I'm never going. So that's my stance at the moment. You, you, now, you just said about LeVar Ball, don't speak in absolutes, <laughs> never say never, and here you're throwing down an yeah. absolute hammer that you'll never go to the ESPYs. <laughs> well, again, it's, that's right. That's <laughs> during that time. Look, I, I work... I, I'll, never, I'll never pretend that, like, for all the people listening that really work hard, I, I don't want to act like I work hard. I, our job's not hard, but... but I, it's a pretty, it's a decent grind of days and hours doing a solo show right. after the, uh, you know, after the Masters through the NBA Finals. And when we get to July, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go to the beach with my family, and I'd much prefer that. So, is it a hammer? No one, they, no one cares. They don't right. care. I don't care, right. and it's fine. I hope they, I hope everyone has a great time. Now, here's the question everyone listening to this wants me to ask you right now, but I. I don't think you will answer, and I don't think you should. But my God, you must have some stories about Vegas Tiger Woods two thousand and yourself. Uh, it wasn't it, it, my, you know, my my memories aren't for sale. But it was. <laughs> I'll say this: it was it, it was pretty typical Vegas. There was there was some laughs. I Wait, remember you, there were some cards that might have been played. Did you hang you out know, with Tiger? I, but it was. Say again. Did you hang out with Tiger? I did. Oh, I did. Yeah. And it, but it was, it was, it was, listen, I have degenerate friends right. who have, who have Vegas stories that, 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 are, that are as cliched as you could dream of this, this, the, the night that I was at the ESPYs and, and was at the after party and spent some time with Tiger was a very, very mild and nothing happened. that was, you know, that would be like worth tweeting about. It was just a night that, you know, it was very, it was early and it was mellow. All right. I'm sorry to disappoint. Well, no, I mean, now, if you want to know about the time, my friend, if you want to know about the time that my friends were at uh, the hard rock and it was the swingers convention weekend, that's a story. Sure. That's let's story. get into that. Now, were you at the swingers convention was, or was your friends at the swingers? Convention? I was, I was not, I was okay. not, but that's yeah. just, it coincided and it coincided in, like with the swingers, which right. anyway, um, some 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 people met people and I don't know what, <laughs> things took a turn. I think that I think you just described every swingers convention right there. People met some people. I believe so. Yeah. I believe I did. Yeah. And, by, and, and, and that things took a turn. I don't mean people took a turn, but anyway, right. it's right. Uh, neither here nor there. Yeah, well, that's Vegas for you. Speaking of Vegas, true enough. I, I miss bad beats so much. I, I need college football to start already. I, I, and again, I, I we've gone through this before, but. The lack of promotion for Bad Beats by ESPN irritates me. I have to like search for it every Tuesday and to put it in my column, and I do. But um, we need Bad Beats back in the, in the worst way. I this whole gambling thing, I, I feel like it's not taken off like people expected. I think people like you and I, we've talked about this, who have been yep. known to place a wager over the years. I think we sort of expected, like, you know, if you haven't been wagering, you're not going to really start now because it's legal in, in a bunch of states. And But I think a lot of media companies, all of them, ESPN, SI, I'm not singling anyone out, thought this was going to be this big boon. And I don't think it's happened yet. And I don't know if it will. I know a lot of people do. What What's your take on that as someone who um, likes to place a wager now and again? Well, I've, what I've always said about this is that, and I said it then, at the time that all it, all this does is make it less taboo. And you see every network is trying to do, you right. know, capitalize in some form or fashion. But my feeling was this, it was the same as marijuana. Like if you, if you live in a state where it suddenly becomes legal and in your whole life, you've never been high. The idea that you're going to wake up on like a Wednesday morning and go, Hey, I'm going to run down to the, to, to the, to the head shop and get, you know, buy 
that you wouldn't even know the terminology, but like, hey, let's rip bong hits because it's legal. <laughs> well, no, you're right. just you're. If you wanted to get high, you've got a guy, right. you've got to connect somewhere, and he can get you a nickel bag or a dime bag or whatever your whatever whatever weight you need to get where you need to be. And if you want to gamble, as you and I both know, you've got outs somewhere, and. The fact that it's legal, like you don't even need those outs. Right. It's just it's just less taboo. It just means people like you and me can talk about it more. But I don't talk about it more than I did when we started, just because. And we've covered this ground. Like I just looked at gambling, and I was going to be honest about it because I knew people did it, and and it just felt like any sort of any kind of icky connotation was just. I just felt it was silly, yeah. and and clearly that's the where we are now. You know, the, you see, like the the, the teams are going to put like gambling kiosks in their stadiums right. and set up book if they can. Um, but I never believed that that, that, that this was going to create a um, a a new uh, a new generation or race of gamblers. They already are. They already exist. All right. this does is makes all of us. We don't have to feel like we're you know in the back room in the party like we're the lepers. Now it's you know out out and. In, on the main stage on every network. So, um, I mean, you know, it, it, we got Ravel tweeting about it. So that's, that's good times. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I think Darren's probably a little, you know, it's funny. He, t- I saw a tweet from him this morning, as a matter of fact, about how New York is not going to have the mobile gambling until 2020. I'm just like, you really don't need that. Hate to burst your bubble, but five dimes.com will take care of everything you need. Uh, you know, yeah, but, I mean, I, but that now see this is this is the minutia of gambling. But like at some point, the, as it becomes legal, then what becomes interesting is how do the authorities concern themselves with those people who are not being taxed for all this? This whole point is yeah. to, is you know so that you can be taxed the way marijuana's been taxed and creates all this revenue. Well, you know, all of a sudden if your buddy's running something out of the back of a pizza shop, then the, the you know feds get involved. And like, hey, we want our taste. I mean, this is how it works. Am I right? The the one angle I'm fascinated by, and again, it's because I'm in sports media and and I sort of have this daily column. But the um, the NFL in all this is what I'm fascinated by because no, none of the networks will go on record as to admitting it. They all give you a different story. But I know that Goodell has told them not to have spreads and betting mentioned during the games. And it's interesting to me though because. They're going to get involved in it somehow, some way, but they still don't want it discussed during the games, which, you know, we, we both know Al knows how to do it in the backhanded way. But to act like, you know, a spread is seven, a team is up by 13, they're on the one yard line, there's 30 seconds left, are they going to take a knee? And an announcer can't address that is absurd to me. But, you know, Goodell doesn't want that. So I'm, we agree. Yeah. So we, we, we completely agree uh, about that. And that's why. I have chosen to be honest about it because we all understand what it is. Um, so there's no need to be, in my opinion, to, to talk about it in this veiled way. What will be really interesting, and it's already happening, uh, by the time they're in Las Vegas with, with the Raiders, they will have let these other leagues be their lead blockers right. and kind of create the space where it's like, okay, well, what have you guys done? All right, you sold... I mean, they already have partnerships for, for information and things of that nature, um, which is inter- interesting. Right. And the, 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 and I don't know, remember if you and I have talked about this or not, but like the leagues kind of want their cut from Vegas or whatever for integrity fees and all. Like, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Um, I just don't. Uh, but if, if, if that did happen, nobody would benefit more from a dollars and cents perspective of, of that than the NFL. Of they course. said, look, we want X percent of what is wagered on your handle right. on us. They, they'd benefit massively. And then if the other leagues have kind of already created this, this wave of acceptance, then they can just tiptoe on in and say, don't mind if I do. <laughs> and here we are. Oh, what a cool deal you guys are part of over here. Uh, yeah. That stuff before in the past, it was silly. Yeah, we're, we're, everything's great. Yeah. Everyone should bet. Come to Vegas. Again, I mean, I assume that's where we'll get eventually. It's just, They'll they'll let others do as I keep using that term, kind of the, the heavy lifting, the blocking, whatever you want to call it. They're just going to let other leagues be at the fore. Yeah. Again, I don't I don't expect you know Jim Nance and Joe Buck and uh, to to talk for three and a half straight hours about the line. But when the the line, the over under is 
on the line, no pun intended, a, a comment about it would be nice. That's all. But I, I am not holding my breath. I on agree. That. Yeah, uh, we, we we agree. I yeah. mean, but, but you know, we're all in the same place with this. I think everyone just sort of eye rolls like <laughs> this insistence upon ignoring what is plainly obvious. I just that that to, to me, just things that are. Like it's an affront to intelligence, that, and, and that's my biggest thing in anything that goes on now, Jimmy. Is is when it's just when things are obvious, we're adults. Let's right. just be adults about it. That's and talking about it as if it isn't real. It it, it it's like a guy with a comb over. Like <laughs> you, you're you're bald. Right. It's all right. Right. Like the, no one thinks you're not bald. Right. So doing that thing you do. Like, and you leave the house and you're like, yeah, man, I, I have got quite a head of hair. No, you don't. You're bald. <laughs> so just be bald. Like, it's <laughs> And never has it been easier to be bald and never has it been easier to say gambling's okay than right now. So I, I don't know how we got where we got with that analogy, but I think it made sense. I don't know, but when this is over, I'm going to go on YouTube and look up the Seinfeld scene when George wears a toupee and Elaine gets pissed off and he's talking about how much he loves it and... uh he, she says, you're bald. And he goes, I was bald. Such a great scene. <laughs> uh, we, we mentioned Al. Go ahead, go ahead. You just, just be bald. It's all right. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get to that, but I'm going to wrap up in one minute. But I don't. This is one thing I don't know about you. Are you a Stern fan, Howard Stern? I'd he's imagine brilliant. you can't um, listen now he's, because he's you're really sleeping. brilliant. I, I was just reading the Rolling Stone interview with him, right. um, and he fascinates me as a as a uh, broadcaster, a, a, just as a conversationalist. Mm-hmm. As, as he's so good at talking to people in ways that it's that's that's disarming um, and creating great conversations that I really really admire. I was in DC when he was in DC 101 back oh, in the day, right? So like. The, 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 at some point, for me, the the shtick and the nonsense and you know, Beetlejuice and all the rest <laughs> of the you know tossing midgets and things of that nature. I mean, I just I I was like, oh, he. I just always thought that, that what he is now was what what he always could have been, and it felt like he was just playing to the lowest common denominator. Is that fair? Yes, that's fair. The reason I asked. Well, I also think listen, people evolve and change over time, and. I think that's well, of course, a, yeah. of course, but yeah. the, the, and, and and I admire that is yeah. what I'm saying. I admire that you reach a place where you kind of and it's interesting. He's talking about therapy and finding and you know right. the, the journey is not over yada yada. But we're all allowed to grow, grow up, or grow out of things or whatever. Yeah. And I don't begrudge the guy. You know, like he made a, a, a fortune off of that, and he has fans by the way that are pissed off that he's not that anymore. Well, that's like, right. He's very open about that. Right. Like he's got his core fans are mad that he he evolved. But exactly. I just. I admire obviously the business acumen, but what I admire more than anything else is just his 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 talent as a talker. Um, I just I think he's got very few peers in that regard. Yeah, the reason I asked you is because uh, Monday was the 25th anniversary of the famous prank call to Peter Jennings during the OJ car chase when Al Michaels came in, lest anyone thinks that's a real call. It was totally farcical. And I know you did radio for a long time, and I'm just wondering if you have a Worst prank call, funniest prank call story. I mean, on radio, you could dump it pretty quick. And the OJ, Peter mm-hmm. Jennings thing was special because Peter Jennings had no well, we idea he was being pranked. We didn't take callers to speak of just because I always was I was always afraid that, you know, handing the mic to somebody is the dangerous thing <laughs> because you have no idea if they're if they're smart enough to have it in their hand. Right. And if they're it's like giving the wheel to somebody and they could just drive you right off the road. So we rarely did it. Yeah. But speaking of Stern. Baba Booey, that guy, um, your guy, what's his name, Jenks? Yeah, Captain Jenks. Yeah, yeah. He he made it on Sports Center one night. It was, it was and it, it was one of these things where it was Brian Westbrook supposedly. Oh, that's and I, right. Like, yeah, yeah. No, he has to be on live with us. Right. And I'm and I remember asking our coordinating producer, why do we care to talk to Brian Westbrook live? And <laughs> like none of this. He's it, it was some free agency deal. But I thought, okay, well, he's a fine player. But like we don't like breaking news like live with like it just made no sense right and then it turned out it wasn't him at all and in the first three seconds of the guy talking i'm like oh this isn't him and i have no way of kind of communicating that you know what's funny is if it was now on my show like on my show i just would have said all right stop talking pull the plug it's not him right but this was still 
it was it was two two anchor sports center. Mm-hmm. It was me and Levy. I was like, I, I wasn't confident enough to just shut the guy down at the time. And he we got you know Captain Jankst. And what was priceless about this is I got a phone call at my ESPN voicemail from the guy saying, Hey, you know, I heard from the Stern guys that you're a really good dude. And, and, I, and I'm sorry. Like, I hope you're not bummed out, but like, don't feel bad. And this and that. And I remember thinking, don't feel bad. Like <laughs> you're a crank caller. I said, I'm good. Right. You know, I re- it, it's okay. What happened happened. And I just said at the time when it happened, I'm like, well, this is going to be on YouTube and that wasn't supposed to happen, right. but it happened to me. Uh, and it was, a you know, and I think they, I think they put it on Stern, you know, whatever a day or so later, yeah. cause that's what, you know, they do with those things. But that happened to me. I had forgotten about that one because in my head, when I think of the pranks to ESPN, I think of the Steve Bartman one with Dan Patrick. I forgot the Westbrook one with you. Um, oh yeah, no, they yeah, got, they, yeah. I got got, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's always funny how people are like, Oh man, Pell, like, how could you not this and that? Like, do you understand I had zero role in anything? <laughs> like, I, I didn't vet the guy. I didn't search this out. I wasn't the one that put him on the air. Right. I just I just said hello and quickly realized it wasn't him. And, and I'm in no position to do anything to fix it other than just sort of, you know, take it, which is what we did. Last one. Uh, and you, mm-hmm. you mentioned, uh, we, we talked about being bald a couple of minutes ago. How did this whole thing start with the people sending the pictures of people who look like Scott Van Pelt? It just started the, the same way anything does. Like on Twitter, people would send, because like, you know, what's funny and it's actually kind of sad. Like as I walk through the world now in airports or, uh, where I was at Disney with my, with my daughter in the, in the spring. And like, I just, I just, there's bald. Cause I, as I said, and it's true. It's never been easy to be bald. And I'd like to think that I took that chunky rectangular glasses, bald guy look and made it really work for me. <laughs> and <laughs> you see it everywhere. Yeah. Um, not that people are trying to look like me, but I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you used to have to have the terrible Ben Franklin hair and like bad glasses, but now you can get kind of cool guy glasses and shave your head and it looks, it's as presentable as you can make yourself. Right. And I see people everywhere that are sort of bald white guys with glasses and somewhere along the way, someone started sending them to me, sending them to me on Twitter. And then one night I was bored and I just went through and started retweeting a bunch of them. And everyone was just, you know, laughing at like, Jesus, look at these. It's it's like the matrix. There's a zillion of you everywhere. And then we just, I thought with the show, we'll we'll occasionally do it. And the thing that's crazy, Jimmy, is it never stops. Like as I sit here right now, I open up Twitter and here's a picture of me. It doesn't look anything like me. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It's a bald white guy with glasses. And this is some guy at the golden jacket lounge there at the hall of fame. And he's, bears as resemble as much resemblance to me as you do right. but it's a bald white guy with glasses i think and i sent all you all day once. every day yeah i get them and then the ones that look close enough i'll put a little like on and then we go through <laughs> and from time to time well you know it's it's content right it's, right absolutely here's these poor who look like me Plus, i didn't know if there was a back i think i didn't know if it was something from like your radio days or maybe a bar stool thing because i know you're tight with those guys i didn't know how the ball got rolling on that but i see now you brought it upon yourself by retweeting all these crazy people that See you. Yeah, I think that's I, that. I, it happened during like we were on radio, and you know we were still on radio, so there's no out, there was no place for me to put it on TV. Like there was no home for it on a tele in a television place. Yeah. Um, and then like one big thing or like bad beats or whatever, like something that was content there. All right, if you're going to give me an hour, well, we'll just make it content. So, and again, to me, that's sort of like a like like sugar. I mean, you got to be. I think people get a kick out of it, but at the same time, I always keep waiting for the shelf life of the joke to run out. Yeah. And because there never seems to be an end of it, 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 it does continue. But at some point, I assume it'll will be done with it. It's um, amusing to me when although they're just they, they keep I keep showing up in like later hosen or like playing the banjo right, in right. Norway. I just it's like they're, they're just it's it's makes me laugh. I have to how say, many of them seem to show up. It's still it's still going strong because I I mean I pride myself on not being faked out by things on the internet because I've been doing this for so long. But the, I whenever I'll see a retweet of yours into my feed and it's like oh here's Scott Van Pelt you know playing the banjo. I'm like what the hell is Scott doing? And I'll click on it and I will get fooled into thinking it's you for a moment so it's still working every, every now and then they're actually like there was a guy that fell over at the red game last yeah, yeah, week. Yeah. it was it was a pretty it was a pretty good one but yeah. like then with then you know the dude i don't know there was some there were some jean shorts involved and i i no. I, I like to think my athleticism is still such that i wouldn't go you know 
head over heels over the seats. But you never know. I mean, it's been a while since I've been, you know, had to field a grounder. So a- anyone, can tri- anyone can trip. Anyone True. can take a step. True. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Enjoy your uh, Mike Frances' summer. And uh, let's get. Uh, it's, I mean, kings do king things, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm not kingly, but I mean, we'll, we'll take some time. We, I'd like to think we've earned it. Then football starts, and we'll be back doing our things. And by the way, we did do bad beats uh, last night that featured uh, women's World Cup terrible beat on the over, uh, and some baseball bad beats. But I'm with you. I think the the football ones do feel it's like whole, the, the it, ones that people kind of wait around for the most. Yeah, I mean, listen, you can get a good baseball one in there. There's no doubt. I, I've seen some crazy baseball, you know, over under stuff happening. But there's nothing like the 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 one last year refreshment. It was in the snow. <laughs> was it Wyoming Air Force? That's the greatest one of all time, possibly. Uh, you have the Which one, one. It was. It was was it Wyoming Air Force in the snow where the coach declined a penalty? Yes, that, that happened. Yeah, that, that did that did happen. That was the best um, one last we, year. That I was, thought. you know what though? We didn't. We made a we. There was an over in the MAC game that we made our bad beat of the year. Um, yeah. Just because it was in Doit L. Perry Stadium, and there <laughs> must have been like eleven people in the stands at the end, and it was a hail mary from a third string quarterback, right. but. I mean, the, the you know what the beauty of bad beats is is it's like ice cream, um, you know, thirty one flavors or, right. or and then right. some. Uh, every, Wyoming Air Force, if you if that's the one you think's the worst, then that then it is the worst. You know, I mean, you we can argue about the relative hideousness right. of them, but they're all just they're what? all just unjust and should never have right. happened. But some poor fool, you know, had Air Force, and there they are losing. And the coaches they had declining holding penalties. It was phenomenal. Um, yeah, that, that was a good one. All right, enjoy the summer, like I said, and uh, good job with the NBA Finals. I appreciate you coming on, Scott. No, listen, I appreciate the time to visit, and uh, we'll do it again sometime soon. All right, be well, enjoy summer. You too, thanks. All right, my thanks to Scott Van Pelt for coming on. Always love talking to Scott. I think this is his third time on the podcast, so I appreciate it. Uh, please, if you are not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button. It helps a lot. And if you enjoyed hearing Scott rate and review the podcast, very easy to rate it. You just tap the stars. So hit the five stars. If you want to write a review, that would be beautiful. Appreciate it all. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English, and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.